welcome to the HeyNet podcast. My name is Sam and I'm your host today. I'm going to be talking about uh, why or what the advantages are of uh, niching a small business, especially if you're just starting out. I'm going to be using the dog grooming industry um, as all of my examples today as it's an area that I work in, but anything the advice I give today can be used across the board with any small business um, that you're thinking of starting. So obviously if you're starting a new business, you are obviously targeting a certain customer or a certain market within the area that you're working from. So is it a good thing to actually niche it to a certain area or should you actually you know, try and encourage all, and I'm going to use dog breeding for example, you know, cover the all the dog breeds, sizes, temperament, coats, etc. Um, and I think actually, if you're going to be a generic dog breed, that's a dog groomer, that's great. Um, I'm not on this podcast telling you not to take certain breeds on. I'm just saying that there are definitely avenues out there, and I think areas are particularly where you work from um, that you could niche. Um, you know, your dog groom into a certain area, which I'm going to discuss later on and why actually it could be a good thing. If I um, give you a little bit of background, um, I've um, qualified to be a dog groomer in the last year from South Coast um, Dog Grooming Academy down in Worthing. And I had a very sort of set um, view that I was going to be doing a certain um, area of dogs uh, to do with my dog grooming, and that is working dogs, terriers and their crossbreeds which as you can imagine if you look at those breeds there's actually quite a wide umbrella and I very much was that was what I was going to do and then I opened um, probably six or seven months ago now and I did get cold feet because when you do finally set up and get going and you're there you're thinking oh my god am I really really restricting the business that's got coming in I'm trying to you know I've obviously put so much time effort <laughs> and money into getting this new business off the ground is it going to be am I going to eliminate a lot of business and dogs through my door because I'm actually niching in a certain area and for a couple of months I didn't really shout out about the area that I wanted to work in because I wanted to see how the business was going and I've been very lucky and you know, I've watched a lot of dog new dog groomers out there you know there is there is a lot of business out there and um, a couple of months into it, I decided that actually, yes, I am going to stick to my guns and, and do what the area that of, of, um, of dogs that I wanted to concentrate on. And now I only um, take breeds within that um, area. There may be the dog that probably may not fit that criteria. They tend to be people that I know. And if people have really recommended me and gone, you know, made a real effort to sort of push my name out there, I will bend a little bit. You know, I'm not completely, absolutely 100% sticking to it. But if there's certain areas or dog breeds or if I really am getting busy, which I am, that, you know, I'm, I'm sort of booked up a month ahead now. Um, and also I'm part time. And that was another big factor in that, that because I'm only doing three or three and a half days a week with it. I had to sort of have an, a, a, a sort of stop point as to what dogs I would take on. Um, and, and that's been a really, it's been a good thing for me to actually stick to these certain breeds. Um, and actually fit there's certain dogs that have come to the door that I don't feel fits the criteria or fit me as a dog groomer, because um, I'm not going to divulge my, my uh, age on air, but I am obviously probably a lot older than a lot of the dog groomers out there. So there's certain breeds and stuff that I feel that probably younger a younger groomer would be you know better off grooming than myself. Um, so that enables me to have that um, 
I want to say excuse, but I'm sure there's another word for it, but it's another tool that I can use to actually say, I'm really sorry, I only take these breeds on. And what I do is I recommend dog groomers in my area. So, you know, there is a bit of networking going on. So if I turn a breed down, um, say for example, I, I turn a chow chow down, for example, and that's just purely down to size, and it's not obviously within my niche, I will recommend three dog groomers that work in the surrounding areas so you know there is that to it as well you know I'm not I, I will help the customer but I'll make sure they find a groomer that will be able to help them as well so first of all you know why why niche um, in a certain area and I'm going to talk later on about what areas you could niche into if you are setting up a dog grooming business at the moment but I think it really it sort of selects a target audience and it establishes also I think a very loyal audience so for example I will use my um, area that I'm using so I use a lot of the working dogs which is all the spaniels and the terriers um, that tend to be working for uh, you know sporting pursuits or we've got them that, a lot of the dogs that are worked working on farms and I have definitely found which I found which I thought was a very big gap in the business which has been to my advantage is that um, there are a lot of that area of dogs that wouldn't even consider going to a dog groomers and I don't want to um, do downs you know that they're dog groomers that have got what I call the very perhaps a bit of a fluffy pink image and I'm not really please don't think I'm doing those disservice because I'm not because you know they, they're a great dog groomers but there's certain areas those working dogs they wouldn't necessarily go to a pink fluffy um, dog groomers that's on a high street now I'm very rural based in the countryside I've got a very very sort of neutral palette to how I branded my business and it's very countryfied so I'm attracting those type of dogs and their owners um, and there I would say there's I mean I've had a really healthy percentage of owners that have brought their dogs to me particularly the spaniel um, area that wouldn't have gone to a dog groomers or don't feel that their dog's in the past have needed dog grooming but actually realised that those feathers do need cutting back um, and they might need a bit of a clip out and they get very bad knots and mats behind the ear because they're working in the undergrowth um, and in the fields. So I feel that I have tapped into an area which I feel potentially has been neglected um, and it is something that is slowly growing and I have definitely... Um, made the right decision in in niching those those dogs because um you know they are now coming to me and that area of my business is growing really well um i also think it sort of reduces competition you know that that if there are the dog there's so many dog groomers out there and and there's an awful lot of dogs let's face it there but it then note that, that that client you know they will go probably potentially there's no competition because i only do those dog breeds so you know if for any reason that, that another large dog or perhaps a very small toy dog that needs high standard fluffy grooming then they're not going to come to me they're going to go elsewhere which reduces competition but obviously benefits the other dog groomers in the area um the, the big thing for me which i want to work on and um which is which is the, the, the key in being in niching a business is i want to become known for the expertise in that area so I want to eventually be known that, yes, I do put, you know, the spaniels into shape for the working dogs. I do like put terriers that are working on the farms or the collies that actually they do need a really good um, de-shedding and rake out. And they need, you know, just putting back into shape just to keep them in order for the job that, that they do. 
And I think if you become an expert with a certain braid, um, and that's what you're known for, and if you're passionate about a certain breed, which I am with those dogs, you become more of an expert in that field. And I'm not saying that you're, I mean, you potentially could spread yourself very thinly over doing generic dogs, but please don't feel that, you know, that that's a criticism at all. But I feel that if you're concentrating on a certain area, then you become more, um, you know, knowledgeable in that particular type of dog, in its behaviour, in its coat and in its cut. Um, and that's something that I'm personally working on and I think um, is a really good sort of reason why niching a business could be very successful. So what examples of niching a, a dog grooming business? Um, so I think there's quite a few. And here are the ones that I'm going to, uh, I think that you, if people are thinking, well, actually, I might niche the business or, um, or, you know, work in a certain area. So the first one I can think of is like rescue dogs. The rescue dog industry is huge because sadly there are an awful lot of dogs that need rehoming. And I have worked with a foster um, dog carer that's local to me. And, you know, some of the dogs that come in, you know, they have all sorts of issues that need to be overcome. A majority of that is behaviour. Then it can be like, obviously, they've come in bad conditions with their coat, etc. And if you are known to be very, very sympathetic to a rescue dog's needs, and that can be with regards to temperament and your time that you give them, um, which I feel I do, and I and I do have a lot of rescue dogs because I don't like to rush the groom. I like to make it very laid back, particularly on the first visit. Um, and I have thankfully got the time to give those dogs where I'm not what I call a, 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 a dog groomer that's working with eight dogs a day. I only do sort of two or three, maximum of four dogs a day. So that's, um, I think that's a very big niche and a very big market. And I think if you're, if you're then going to be known that you're an expert in dealing with rescue dogs, you're going to have an incredible amount of business because there are so many out there. And majority of the owners that have taken a rescue dog on, they want nothing but the best possible for that dog because they know it's obviously gone through a difficult time and they will seek out a groomer that is willing to spend time um, with their rescue dog. And if there's any issues that need um, working on, then if you can give that time to them, they're going to come to you. I'll put obviously my niche in there, the working dogs, terriers and crossbreeds. Um, you know, I do the cockapoos, I do the curly coats because obviously they they're, they're tend to be crossed with, you know, um, cocker spaniels. I do sprudels, so you've got the spaniel, um, English springer, and I've got the labradoodles. It's a big umbrella. So actually that, that niche which I work with, it's actually is an awful lot of dogs. So, you know, you know, feel free to, to use what I do as well um, in the area that, that, that where you live. Um, I think that NSC, again, this probably might tap into the um, rescue dogs, but a lot of the issues with training, fostering, um, that um, can come under umbrella with difficult dogs and behaviour. Um, I have quite a lot of difficult dogs. And believe me, if you can give a difficult dog a time in, you know, because some of them, you know, they don't, they don't come to be groomed just because they want to smell nice. You know, they've got matted coats or they've got issues that um, with, with the skin or something that needs to be helped with by having them groomed. If you can give the time with these dogs um, that might have behavioural issues or potentially what you would deem to be difficult um, or an aspect of training, if you um, sort of concentrate on that area, again, I think that's a very big industry and people will come to you. 
Another one you could do is if you could um, perhaps offer day boarding. You know, that's a really big market that people want to go out for the day. Um, they sometimes don't want to do it, you know, don't want to put their dog into regular dog boarding. But if they want to literally go away for just to have a day out, the dog and they can't take the dog with them to offer a day board and groom the dog at the same time. Big, big market. Um, so that's something to consider as well, that if you are thinking of offering um, a particular service, those two really go in hand to hand together um but obviously you'll have to get a license to board the dogs and go through the necessary channels for that but um that's a very very big niche i think that um could be worked with um then there's holistic grooming there's a very sort of using very natural products very um aromatherapy sort of type of um way of of um grooming a dog that's very big and people very much want to be using natural products um you know essential oils etc so if that's definitely a passion of yours i think that's a very big area as well um there's dog groomers that particularly um will only do the doodly dogs and my god what a big market that is so if you really love doing those doodle grooms then if you niche it in that i'm telling you you're going to be a very very busy dog groomer so that's perhaps one to consider as well you could use big dogs as well that you only do dogs of a certain um size that are, are above a certain size because big dogs dog i know that some owners struggle to find dog groomers that would do big dogs i'm sadly not one of them for, for many reasons but if you could actually fit your salon out that you are obviously geared up and able to deal with with the bigger dogs again i think you'll be incredibly busy um and then you've got things like the very high styling you know the asian fusion if you really really train and and i've got a real um stylish eye to your grooming i think that's big as well that if you can style a dog um in a very very stylish way then you know again i think there are people out there that would use um those particular dog groomers that are actually you know ex experts in that field um so there's just some examples and i think there's plenty there and i think um if you're starting your dog grooming business or you're currently in training um, perhaps think is there is there a certain passion or a certain area that you very much um, enjoy and if that is an area that you feel quite strongly about then perhaps consider niching it um, and I'm telling you just from experience you know try not to get cold feet I did about it and I got myself through it and actually I've done the best thing in niching the business and um, if you be can become an expert with a certain breed and cut or behaviour, etc., I think you are going to be a very, very big, um, sorry, very busy dog groomer. Um, I hope that podcast has helped today. And uh, please obviously ask any questions you have. Um, this podcast will be going to the Pause Through the Doors group, which is um, a training group with regards to dog groomers that are coming into the industry. Obviously, if you've listened to it through Haynet, uh, all through Country Barn Dog Grooming. If you've got any questions at all um, about this area of the business, um, obviously please ask and I'm more than happy to help. Thanks ever so much for listening and I look forward to chatting with you all again soon.